Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Okay, so picture this. It's early aughts, and little preteen Andrew is sitting in the back of Dad's Mitsubishi Montero on the way to church, screaming along to the radio, reciting the lines, I want a chick with thick hips that licks her lips. She can be the office type or like to strip. For this real-life scenario, we have to thank our guest on the pod today, the one and only Fat Joe. He was a major figure in rap, particularly in New York, where I'm from, but, you know, I mean, everyone knows Lean Back, right? He just wrote a memoir called The Book of Jose, and in this interview with NPR's Aisha Roscoe, he's willing to drop his sort of tough guy bravado persona and get kind of vulnerable, particularly when talking about his childhood. This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, helps you build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. Check out The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. In hip-hop, authenticity is currency. If people think you're fake, that could kill your career. Legendary rapper Fat Joe has never had that problem. With a career spanning decades, Joe has been able to parlay his street credibility into massive hits that jealous ones still envy. Now Fat Joe is telling his life story in a new memoir, The Book of Jose. His given name is Joseph Cartagena, and he joins us now from New Jersey. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me. (laughs) So, like, in the book, you describe in detail growing up in the Forest Houses projects in the Bronx, you know, you described coming up through the crack epidemic in the 80s. It was rough. Can you talk about, like, what it was like growing up there? Man, it was beautiful at the beginning, and then drugs just came into our our neighborhood and So the way crack started, it was a high-end drug. So they would be in the clubs and they would sprinkle the crack in the weed. Mm. They would call it woolers. So they got hooked on that crack. I seen guys who used to be the flyest guys in the world, and three weeks later, they'd be looking homeless. I'm reading about you growing up. You said you got bullied and beat up a lot growing up. It's sad, man. They would jump me every day for no reason. There was no reason. Horrible. Just imagine going to school every single day and the girls in the typing class would be, Joey, they're waiting for you to beat you up. But then it switched, right? Because you went from being bullied. What happened to me was the bullies came up on me one day. I had a best friend named Leonard. Mm. My moms would feed him every day. Mm. When it's lunchtime, she would buy him a hero, quarter water, Give us quarters to play the game. One day the bullies catch me and they ask him, yo, why you with this guy? He says, well, you know, Joey's my best friend. They said, if you don't beat him up with us, we're going to beat you up every day. And in an instant, he just started beating me up with them. That was one of the darkest days in my life. 
so traumatic. I cried, and I kept saying, anybody ever look at me, anybody ever talk to me, I'm going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because of the environment, I turned into the worst bully in the yeah. world. And I did some horrible things to good and bad people that I'm not proud of. I mean, you talk about the regret because it's like, what do you feel like? Because like you said, you you bullied people, good people and bad people. You know, I regret a lot mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And so mm-hmm. I pray all the time. And so I give back to my community all the time, whether it's the Muslim brothers and sisters in the Bronx that died in the fire. We raised two million Puerto Rico hurricane, we send a million pounds of food, women's hygiene, medicine. I mean, I try. I, You know, I'm just tr- preparing for the day I meet the man upstairs and I'll be like, God, I know I was terrible, but look, I turned it around. <laughs> Let's get to the music. In your late teens, you decide to get out of the drug game, devote yourself to rack. You started off with the Digging in the Crates crew, including Lord Finesse, Diamond D, Legendary Big L. Like, what made you think, I can make it rapping? Well, I always loved hip-hop. I was born in hip-hop since a baby. Uh, my brother, I looked up to him. He was a crate boy. Mm-hmm. So now we got computers. We got everything. Back in the days, DJs used to mix with vinyl. The three founding fathers. I mean, could you imagine like Alexander Graham Bell? You know, the the, the yeah. pioneers, the fathers of hip-hop is yeah. Grandmaster Flash, mm-hmm. Cool Herc, mm-hmm. and Africa Bambata. My brother was a crate boy for Grandmaster Flash. And so the crate boy is the one that so holds the... take a the... milk crate and it's filled with vinyl. So he had the honor of being the crate boy for Grandmaster Flash. So once they became successful, I said, oh, no, this is the way out. Mm. I got to talk to you about Big Pun. Obviously, he's a huge figure in rap, literally and figuratively. You were pivotal in his career. And he, y'all were also best of friends. Like, he died of a heart attack at 28. Like, do you have a favorite memory of Big Pun? Big Pun, man, his birthday just passed recently. And I put up a collage of pictures on Instagram. First thing I did was tell my wife, look at these pictures. He just had so much enjoyment. You know, Pun grew up in the Bronx, so he knew all the legendary stories of Joey Crack, Terror Squad. From the day I met him, he poured his heart out to me. He said, you're going to be my big brother? You mean those Terror Squad guys are now mine? I could tell them what to do? (laughs) And I was like, yes. That's all he needed to hear. He was like, let's go. And I could see it in all the pictures. You know, he was way better than me. He was one of the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. But still, he had that little, yeah, I got Joey with me. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I got to ask you, you know, you've been criticized a lot about the N-word. You talk a little bit about that in the book, about you're you're not black, you're Puerto Rican. Now, in the book, you say you're trying to use it a lot less. You grew up using that word. Like, where where are you on that now? Are you taking it out of your vocabulary? No, I'm not taking it out of my vocabulary. I can't. Okay. Okay, I just can't. Okay. Even if I tried, I can't. 
I try to say it so much less now, mm-hmm. but moments when I'm not thinking and I'm in my house, I say it to my son. Mm-hmm. I say it to my daughter. And so, you know, when I, when I use the N-word, how about this? If I use the N-word on any song, say Lean Back or whatever song, if I had to do a clean word for the radio, it would say brother instead of the N-word. Mm-hmm. Me, this, that, my brothers don't care. My brothers don't. So we always said it at a term of endearment. Yeah. You've had these huge hits in the music world. Now you're releasing this book. I understand you're trying to break into Hollywood. Like, are you are you done making new music? What's next for Fat Joe? Like, what's the future for Fat Joe? You know, I caught the bug recently, but I think I'm done making music. Really? No more? Yeah, we got... I mean, I'll perform forever, but we got four TV shows this year ready. I'm just trying to elevate to the next level. I want to get it. I want to diversify the whole portfolio uh, in another way. You know, I got sneaker stores. I got different investments coming through. You know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to be a big boy financially. Mm-hmm. And that is Fat Joe. He has a new memoir out, The Book of Jose. Oh. The Book of Jose. Yesterday's price is not today's price. It is not today's <laughs> price. (laughs) That is my mantra in life. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Washington Wise. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. Humans are kind of overrated. Over on Shortwave, a science podcast, we're only kind of kidding. We're bringing you the wondrous world of animal science to your daily life. From queer animal love stories to songbird memories, we're showing you how critter knowledge informs human science. Listen now to Shortwave, a podcast from NPR.